Hey everybody, Michael Gunger here. Before we get into today's podcast conversation, I just wanted to tell you about something new that we're doing within the liturgist community. And it's kind of come up in response to the isolation that so many of us are feeling right now with the coronavirus and all the uh, social distancing and us being cooped up in our houses. And um, so we've started these like online rooms, basically, kind of another version of the Sunday things. We've been doing this thing called the Sunday thing where we all get together on Zoom and talk about that week's topic from the podcast. And that's been super cool, which you should join one of these weeks, by the way, if you haven't yet. It's really, really fun. Um, But that's been so great that we were like, could we figure out how to keep some of this community connection going? We really like the face-to-face thing that you can do with Zoom uh, through the week for people. And so we've got people that are meeting throughout the whole week now in these little Zoom spaces. And we want to even make it cooler. (laughs) It's been cool this week. Um, You know, little conversations on Marxism or dance parties breaking out in the different rooms uh, sort of spontaneously. But we want to get you involved in making some of these online spaces to meet together more creative, more um, more enriching. So I think there's a lot of potential within this audience. We have a lot of creative, beautiful people uh, that, with all sorts of different kind of skills and passions. And, it, you know, I was thinking about Burning Man. I went to Burning Man this last year for the first time. And just looking at the calendar of Burning Man is an inspiring thing just to see all the stuff that's happening uh, within this community while you're there, all these different, and it's not put on by some centralized organization, like Burning Man gives you the space to create something. Um, And so we're like, could we have an online space? Could we utilize the online space and sort of traffic and people coming through the website and through the podcast and all that to allow you to create the kind of community experiences that you'd like to be having right now, especially right now as we're all cooped up again. Um, Are you a yoga teacher that would like to have some online yoga classes with some people. Are you a, uh, somebody who would like to host an open mic night or a karaoke night or uh, storytelling or whatever? You have a, somebody on Twitter said that they wanted to have a Korean spa experience. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever the thing is, that you would like to create, we want to give you an opportunity to do it. Um, Of course, with the values of the liturgists, which are respect and consent and uh, not trying to preach at or fix each other, but to show up authentically and respectfully. Yes. Uh, But then have some fun, like get creative. And if you want to be part of this, and be a part of creating some of these experiences, we're going to make it pretty easy at first. Um, I say at first because we're just kind of playing this by ear as it goes, and it might we might find a need to make it you know, more organized in the future for some reason. <laughs> but we're just going to kind of like cre- treat it like a community center, and we're going to have a sign-up sheet where you can tell people about what you're going to be doing in these different rooms and sign up for a slot. Um, to host your conversation on our dogs or cats better. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be better conversation than that. But you know what I mean? Uh, your thing. So if you're interested in this and getting involved or just checking it out and seeing what's going on, go to theliturgists.com. That's plural, theliturgists.com slash community. And uh, check it out. Get involved. Join us in some of these rooms. Get weird. Have fun. Okay. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation, everybody. Hope you're all 
being safe and responsible and feeling loved because you are. Welcome to the Liturgist Podcast, everybody. Welcome to the Liturgist Podcast, everybody. My name is Michael Gunger. I'm here with my partner. Hello. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> my name is Lisa Gunger. Thank you for referring to me as your partner, who is also your wife. Some some people are like, why do you guys refer to each other as your partners? I do both. I say husband and partner. I'm and not a witch. I'm your wife. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. But yes. Hi. Hi. Today we're talking about fighting. Are you sure you want to talk about that? Are we going to fight <laughs> when we talk about fighting? <laughs> I hope not, yeah, but too. it's coronavirus time. Everybody's locked up in their homes. Responsible people are locked up in their homes. And uh, we had other things scheduled to be released, other podcasts that are great that we will release in the future. But for some reason, it felt a little bit like, I don't know, to really get into some other subject that's not pretty related to what's happening right now. It just felt a little... Uh, Strange. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're all thinking Ignoring, about. Ignoring, yeah. Is Ignoring being locked up in our houses, uh, worrying if everything's going to be okay. Yeah. So we're thinking about what can we talk about around that or that's affecting all of us. And uh, on the family thread today, my mom was talking about to all the kids. I'm sure you guys are fighting, all being locked up <laughs> in the house. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. And I, I just know people are on edge. Like I, I talked to a friend. The other day, I never like get in arguments with friends, but it was like a weird, strange. Wait, you never wait. You never get in arguments with friends. Who do I get in arguments That's with? That's true. Look at this, already fighting. <laughs> <laughs> My and I would guess that like anyone listening to the podcast, if they know you at all, <laughs> had a question of going, turn their head a bit, going, "Is that true?" <laughs> I, mean, I guess it used to happen more. But oddly enough, we... Wait, sorry. First of all, you should finish what you were going to say. You had an argument with a friend. Yeah, which there was just obviously a lot of pent-up feelings and mm -hmm. energy. Some of you were by yourself, and you might be jealous of people being able to fight with other people at this point because you feel totally alone. But some of you are cooped up with people. If not already... Over the coming weeks and months, <laughs> there's going to be some fighting. Yeah, uh, we, we were, I'm not joking about it. I think I made the comment, like, I wonder how many relationships will break up yeah, or how many will be mended through this, like the forced mm -hmm. men, mending that has to happen or if they're just like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's interesting how we fight with the people that are closest to us the most. You don't just like usually fight with strangers on the street yeah you have more grace for them i was just on facetime with two of my dear friends so we're facetiming talking about this whole quarantine and how it's affecting them and their relationships and one girl was doing really great and she was alone <laughs> she's alone in her tiny apartment i mean she's fine she has a lot of work to do on her computer and she has no one there to argue with and then the other girl is married introvert she's also an introvert this is a good time for introverts yeah and then the other woman was having a really difficult time. She has two young kids and uh, it's a tumultuous time in their marriage. So we were talking about that and talking about something that you and I often talk about, which is the stories that we have attached to each other. If you want to talk in terms of spiritual practices, I think it's all a spiritual practice, but what has been one of the hardest things and the best things for me to see my ego as my relationship with you because you are, I have the most story attached to you than any other person right now. And so we get, we kind of pinhole or pigeonhole, um, pinhole? Pigeonhole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I don't know what that it's means. I know what a pinhole is. Yeah. It seems like it, we, we, what is a pigeonhole? Have you ever seen a pigeon go into a hole? <laughs> Where do they sleep? 
<laughs> but we, well, yeah, we can like project our own selves onto each other, but also like get into these patterns. And I know you from all, this is what Michael normally does in this situation. Mm-hmm. I know what you're going to do. And, and some of those stories are 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so like you can even if you want to change, sometimes the other person that you're in a relationship with, the very fact that you, you know they're projecting, it's like you can't really, it's hard for you to change. It's the very reason why we go back to our child selves when we're with our families because those are the patterns that we created and we know that, that they know that's how we used to react and we're like, ah, I can't help it, I'm just reacting this way. And so you and I do that can do that with, with each other. I feel like we're getting better. I feel like we are fighting less during this quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. But that's been funny with us. I feel like anytime it's just us, if we go on vacation, yeah. if it's, we rarely fight. Mm-hmm. It's when we have to like navigate how to have a very complicated life with children and responsibilities and friends and yeah. all this other stuff. That's when it gets most complicated for us. But we've learned some good tools along the way of being married for 20 years. We're not professional. We're not therapists. We're not counselors. We have nothing official to offer any of you. Nothing. Nothing official. (laughs) But experience and a lot of, I mean, yeah, that's all we have is our story and a lot of, a lot of self-work. But yeah, we're not professionals by. But our therapist Regularly compliments us. On she, our- you know what, guys? We just want to let you know we've received <laughs> multiple compliments <laughs> from our therapist, which I think means we are qualified <laughs> to give it. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we're taking that compliment from a professional and we're extending <laughs> it to make ourselves seem like masters yeah. of fighting. Uh, well, we just wanted to talk about it, kind of share with you our experiences and uh, some things that we've incorporated into our relationship through the years. You know, the image that came to my head was like a productive cough. Oh my God. Which is a lovely image. A productive cough? Like Like, that's what... Oh, that's what fighting is. Like you can fight in a way where that's that dry cough and it just feels like it's just hurting and nothing's happening. Or you can fight and you really get some of that out. I think that's a great, that's great imagery. Thank you. And I think it's relevant to the coronavirus. Oh my gosh. You're just like, how can we tie it all back? Every word I say <laughs> needs to be tied back to the coronavirus. It's relevant. <laughs> relevant. Um, okay. Let's, let's get into this. Okay. So I think one of the things that comes up when we think about like why we're fighting with the people that that have the most story attached to us, the most history. I think it kind of shows a lot of times that what we're fighting about when a fight starts happening is rarely probably what we think we're fighting about. <laughs> like sometimes our fights are trying to figure out what we're fighting, <laughs> fighting about. Yeah. I was just going to say like where it takes a turn is we go down the rabbit hole where we start fighting. We kind of start fighting about the fight. Yeah. And then we get lost in the weeds or it just devolves. And that when that happens, when we're like really start missing each other is when a productive conversation turns into like an emotional whirlwind of a fight. And that was, that, that was part of the conversation that I felt with the other day with the friend. It was like, it wasn't totally about what we were talking about. It was also all the stuff that's happening mm-hmm. right now. And that's kind of what we're talking about. We're not necessarily even conscious of it though in that moment it's kind of like just feelings on top of feelings on top of feelings and when you're in a fight you can just you feel activated you feel angry you feel sad and, and it's but it's starting like this whole cocktail of emotions and you kind of lose sight of what's actually happening yeah the thing that i find so fascinating is the all the nonverbal. yeah that's also where I feel like we can get really lost in the weeds. Yeah. Because we, I mean, I'm just going to jump on a limb and say, and, and I would think you would agree with this. I read you really well. You're a witch. Um, well, I think we can agree that I'm a witch. 
<laughs> Duh. I was hoping you'd say, I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. I know, but we already said it. I, I know, but it's, just, it's a callback. You know, callback. I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. There, there's the call. There's, did it work? I know, I know. It, I know, I knew it wouldn't work. I was trying to like overuse it to try to get a laugh, but. I don't know how many times more you'd have to use it before it was funny. Again. I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. Not a witch, I'm your <laughs> I needed three. I needed three more, and then it was kind of funny. I'm not even laughing. Like, I'm laughing. I'm, like, slightly embarrassed at myself right now. Like, what are you doing? Stop. It's not funny. Okay. So, what was I going to say? Oh, and, oh, and this, oh, it used to make me so, so I would feel, not make me, I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase, I would feel so much anger because I'm the only one that could do the feeling of the anger. You weren't making me. Do nice nonviolent communication. Thank you. I would feel a lot of anger when I perceived that I was reading you correctly and you would say that I wasn't. Mm. But I think sometimes you didn't even really know what you were feeling and thinking or tried to just like ignore it, trying to make it okay. And I'd say, What's wrong? You're like, oh, nothing, it's fine. Something was wrong, but you were saying in the moment, it's fine. I've forgotten it, but I could tell something was up. So like I'm reading all these nonverbal cues and that would just it seemed like it would just like frustrate the hell out of you. <laughs> but now you're tuned in now too to my energy and that feels good, but I now know what you felt. Because sometimes I'm like, I just want to walk through the kitchen <laughs> and not have Michael go, what's up? <laughs> I have to like clear all of it, all yeah. my own energies before I walk through the kitchen. I know Michael's gonna fucking look at me and be like, what's wrong? And I just don't wanna talk about it right now. And I can't lie. Like neither one of, like we're not, yeah, we're not good at lying to each other, which I'm really glad. Yeah, I'm not very interested in it either. Yeah, I'm not interested in being a good liar, but. But you're a better liar than I am. <laughs> am I? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. We could fight about this. We could have a real life fight. What if that was the episode? You know, whenever I'm trying to like be sneaky, it's. Well, no, yeah, I I feel like fails it's quickly. not that. Yeah, I feel like it's not that you're lying. You try to be. This is yeah. One thing about you, it's like you try to be sneaky. You try to find a loophole. I'm like, you are being sneaky, son of a gun. Real slick tongue know how to use those words you use words well <laughs> um wow we gotta i don't i don't know what we're talking about you wanted to walk through the kitchen without feeling that i was reading your nonverbal. oh we were talking about like where things yeah turn for us and sometimes it's just the very subtle non-verbal cues that we're giving each other we're so tuned into each other that like sometimes we just don't let it go yeah. And 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 that can that points to like the ego's love of being right. I know yep. I have to win, I have to know I'm right and I need you to tell me. And a lot of times the fights can just become about that. Yeah. I just need you to admit you're wrong, I'm right. And that's an ego party. Yeah. So some of the things that have been helpful for us have been some systems that help you identify patterns in the ego, like the Enneagram. That was very helpful, mm. I think, for understanding patterns, not only in the other person, but in yourself, of like the, the kind of defenses that you tend to go into, the type of coping mechanisms that you type, that you tend to go into. Oh, I think it was these. Oh, it passed. Glad you got my attention for that. Now, see, what that was was passive communication, passive-aggressive communication. That's not what I was joking, but oh, okay. you know what I mean? I know what you mean. We don't need that kind of communication, though. We don't need it. Especially if you're going to oh, be cooped up. Oh, do I know up. passive-aggressive if communication? If you're going to be cooped up with somebody <laughs> in a coronavirus household. Coronavirus just... <laughs> household? <laughs> 
Wait, like, are you talking to just the people with coronavirus? Talking to what the world. What is a I'm coronavirus household? Keeping it relevant to uh, the times you live in. You in a coronavirus household. <laughs> you may want to not do. You may want to avoid little communication jabs that are little, even like yeah. that little that little thing I just said. I mean, I wasn't really bothered, but it, was, it still was a little poke at you. Like, mm-hmm. And maybe we should be careful of those in times like these. You know, you should be careful of that. <laughs> you should be careful. We're in a coronavirus household. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> no, but you're right. Uh, There's a kindness. Like, I mean, we should always, there should always be a kindness. But like, especially now. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about the Enneagram. And then there's this other thing called instinctual drives. Mm-hmm. That has been helpful for me this year a lot. It's kind of an Enneagram-ish thing, but it's built more for um, like your work habits and stuff. And Lisa and I work together. So that was really helpful for us as well. Kind of seeing some of the specific nuances of how you tend to work well. And these kind of things where you're just like learning about your patterns. You know, so one of the things that came up for us last year in our fighting and recognizing some of the patterns was when I get defensive, that's an Enneagram five. I tend to kind of put out prickles. It's like, I need my space. Don't encroach on my space. Protect yourself with those prickles. Yeah. And I feel like I protect myself with it. And that's the, the structure of the ego, the wound for, for me. And then for her as an Enneagram two, it can be more like a glue. So mine was the prickles of the goo. The goo. Goo. Not the glue. Not the glue. The glue where it's like her feeling like something's wrong and then moving in to try to help and fix it. Kind of in the most unhealthy times, kind of glomming on to a situation. And so you've got the prickles and the goo like trying to defend and it it just turns into, it can get get bad. Yeah, can get bad. Because then it's like it can like create its own cycle. Like, yeah, I need space. Come here. Like, come here, I want to move, I want to move in and help fix whatever is wrong or not even fix, just like hold, let me just hold you. And that's like not the right time. So then if I feel the prickles enough, then I'm like, cool, peace out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't want to stick around. And then that's just a, a cycle. Yeah. So those things, there can also be, there's an other side of that though. Is you can easily because you learn about each other's patterns, you learn about your own patterns, but then you can use that in ways like if you if you have the other person's number and you use that against them, <laughs> then it's actually worse. It's like it's not if she pulls out that prickle card now while we're in the middle. Like if I say it, you're being prickly, yeah, and let's say I'm not being prickly, and you mm. in my mind, and mm. you pull it out. Now there's this. Well, no, that's not now. And you might be like, I know you. This is now. And that mm-hmm. might make me mad. Yeah. You know me? How about you just pay attention to me right now and see what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then it <laughs> so you can like, yeah. nobody wants to be boxed in. Yeah. To saying, I know you. This is what this you is do. This is what you do. This is the pattern you do. Yeah. So it can make it worse. Maybe we can start moving towards like how how we can recognize this when that the pattern of moving from conversation and even disagreement into fighting into that place where it's like we're not maybe communicating, we're not being heard, we're not hearing, we're just kind of emoting now at each other and it's just kind of sliding into all sorts of places. Now we're talking about your mother and now we're talking about what that thing that happened 10 years ago mm-hmm. and now, and we're just kind of in this ambiguous emotional space mm-hmm. that often isn't the productive cough that's a really gross analogy but it works uh <laughs> the, you want to be the productive cough <laughs> yeah so how do you how do you start recognizing when you might be sliding into that more destructive wave i think i just i can feel I can feel it two places. I mean, I can feel it in my body. Like I feel tightness in my chest. And when I feel that 
it, I have to give myself space just to relax because if I'm on the defense and feel like I need to protect myself, it's really difficult to engage in any kind of helpful conversation. But even that, like, th to me, the most helpful thing has been doing individual work to know, like, if you don't feel safe within your own body, you're not going to feel safe with anyone. Mm -hmm. So the times I've felt most triggered and most, um, like, our fight is just chaos and I don't know how to get out of it and everything seems hopeless because I just, I didn't feel okay on my own. So now that I feel that, I feel like I can engage in conversations with you and know that no matter what, like I, I'm okay. So there, even if I start feeling it in my chest, sometimes I'll just tell myself like, you're okay. There's no threat here. And I'll just remind myself because my, I feel my body's wanting to go into like fight or flight mode. But I feel, that's where I feel. I can feel it here. And then I can almost feel like my reasoning, my logic folding in on itself. And it's where, it's when I start distrusting, like you'll say something. And the first, sometimes the first inclination is like, oh yeah. But then there's this thought that comes in that's like, wait, did you really trust you really trusted what he just said? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, yeah? Wait, should I not? <laughs> oh my God, like this, it's this like intense feeling like someone's out to get you and someone's out to trick you. I mean, not even just someone, like this person that you love, they're trying to trick you and that's such a terrifying feeling. And that's where things get bad for me. If I start distrusting the words that someone is saying if I feel like there's not authenticity, which but for both of us on that ID thing that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. we both have really high authenticate scores. Mm -hmm. And so even if energetically I'm feeling like someone's not being authentic, I it can it can like derail the conversation and that's what turns into an argument. But then what I've been doing is reminding myself that I'm okay and then seeing, just taking the time to see what it is that I'm projecting. Or is it them that's trying mm -hmm. to find a loophole or am I? Mm -hmm. Very often we are only seeing what's inside of us. So th these are like the patterns I go through in my head as we're <laughs> having a conversation that I feel like is like slowly devolving into mm -hmm. an argument. And th yeah, those have been really helpful tools for me to just be able to pause so even sometimes we'll verbally say that to each other, like, hey, I just need to pause here for a minute. Um, and we used to not do that. We used yeah. to think like we had to plow through a fight. Yeah. Remember, we we're like, yeah. you can't, you can't leave the room. You can't. I mean, we have a lot of rules. We mm -hmm. we couldn't call each other names or we still, we don't call each other names. We don't cuss at each other, which we've been breaking a lot. <laughs> or not, not cuss names. at each other. No, it's just like... Just cussing <laughs> in an argument. We've broken that lots of times. A lot of times. <laughs> oh, God. But um, yeah, we've had some doozies. We've had some doozies. <laughs> <laughs> but even in that, like, we could talk about that unless you were wanting to steer a different way. But like, how do we communicate our anger in a healthy way? Because I can... I think even that that's a good tool in the tool in the tool belt. So I have these tools to help me listen to my body and know what I'm feeling, but also there is a time for anger. And I don't think we do that well as human beings. It's I think there's a place for angry that we can be angry but it not really harm someone else. Mm -hmm. I mean even It's it, hard though. It's hard. Yeah. Especially certain certain wounds, certain personalities that uh, get more activated by anger. If they had maybe an angry dad or yeah. you know whatever. Um, yeah, that was me. Mm. Yeah, like when. Yeah, feeling the freedom to be able to to experience all of the emotions and know how to do that well is something that we work on a lot. Of, I think for with our own 
ourselves and even with our kids and like how do we how do we find a way to experience the full gamut of human emotions together but express them and uh, experience them in ways that are not destructive for ourselves or others and that can be tricky mm. and so some of these these little tricks like don't call each other names we've i found that if we're cussing a lot during fights it can tend to Snowball. ramp up the emotions yeah so that's why we kind of have like just just, just don't, don't use cuss words yeah uh and occasionally we don't follow that one but we follow the other ones yeah uh <laughs> yeah and that's that's been helpful taking a break when you need it and just asking for it and giving each other that space to be like okay that's mm -hmm. been really helpful for me finding out that not everyone gets over things at the same speed <laughs> that I do. our therapist okay our therapist never it's hard to get her to laugh at things like she's, she's, she's a right. badass but she straight up laughed at michael so at and this <laughs> this will sound this is this shows you how dumb i could be so i <laughs> we had, she was upset about something and i apologized and and it kept for me it kept coming back up so we went to the therapist's office i was like it's been like four hours four or five hours since this Real big thing big. happened and she's still just keeps wanting to talk about it and the therapist laughed in my face <laughs> i think didn't she she laughed and she thought you were like being sarcastic yeah she goes you're not being sincere are you <laughs> and we tried to get her to laugh several times and she hadn't and then she finally laughed at that it was perfect i was like ah uh, enough said uh, enough said therapist yeah. yeah and i mean that's when uh, oh wait <laughs> go ahead but yeah, i mean that's like I get I get over things quite quickly. You're not full you, human. <laughs> you're not, I mean, they, you call yourself the alien. <laughs> so this shouldn't be a surprise. I'm just like, give me two minutes tops. Like mm -hmm. if the world ends, give me two minutes to breathe for a minute. And then, okay. Yeah. We're good. And that can be disconcerting to a human being. Mm -hmm. Totally. <laughs> like we've been in, you'll see all of a sudden I'll start getting angry. I'll just take a few moments and breathe. And I'm like, okay. And you're like, it comes across kind of crazy. Sometimes it feels real creepy. Yeah. Because like now I'm actually totally fine. And I had just yeah. been super angry like mm -hmm. 30 seconds ago. Yeah. It it can be um, um, uncomfortable for the witness. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> so I've had to learn like different time scales <laughs> well, of what it takes to get those emotions out of the brain or out of the body or whatever yeah but but i think also a lot of us were taught that like well you say sorry and then that's it and so i mean we've had that discussion like you'll say i said i'm sorry and i'm going uh okay but but it feels like my body like i'm i'm like my arm was cut off and i'm still bleeding and sorry yeah you isn't still got helpful all the so cortisol like, and all the chemicals yeah going through your it's brain all rushing and, and yeah I like how um, one of Amelie's teachers put it. I think we talked about this before a while ago on the podcast, but like, it's like when you squeeze out some toothpaste onto your hand, you can wipe the toothpaste off, but the residue is still there. So like someone can say, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'll take that away. But the residue of the pain is, is still there. And maybe this would be a good time to bring in. I was actually talking to Hillary um about this oh she just texted back and she said it's totally cool to share oh nice people so there was something something was kept coming up for me and i it was actually in this pretty like triggered state i was pretty panicked and hillary, hillary was like trying to get me back in my body leading me through some grounding exercises and then i just felt really angry because i was like why does i don't want this feeling to keep coming up why is this happening? I keep, I feel like I'm forgiving. I feel like I'm letting go. Am I? And I just felt like I was, you can like turn on yourself and feel like I'm a bad person for not, for still feeling this like pain. Mm -hmm. Feel still, still feeling like the residue of the toothpaste, you know? So this is something that Hillary said. She said, when we keep, when we keep coming back to things and there's a, there's a, a list um, the first one is sometimes even after an apology, the behavior persists. So our body is telling us it's not over. 
another reason we keep coming back to things, is sometimes the anger is telling us there is a thread that is underneath the unhelpful behavior. And we have to see the link because every time we brought it up, it was the specific things, but not the real issue or the cord that ties them all together. Or another one is sometimes when we're angry and the other person apologizes, it becomes about them and we disappear in that. And that is a kind of other hurt. So we need more time to explore and have them listen to and be curious about our pain. That one was interesting for me because like I think I resonated with that. Not that it was so, not that it's like other people who specifically are like trying to cover up my pain, but I can recognize if like I'm arguing with someone or if I'm arguing with you and then or I say, hey, this really hurt me, and then you feel sad and you cry. All of a sudden, it, it's like a switch is flipped. And I am just I just want to care for you and make you feel better instead of say just give space for my own anger and pain. Mm-hmm. It's like the sorry and the sadness covers up and makes it any all of my anger disappear, which I've thought is a good thing. Like to me, I'm like, oh yeah, it's all gone. That's fine. But I'm not actually, or sometimes people don't actually receive the apology they need or even just the space to be heard and someone to say, yes, okay, I hear you. But that's that's my own thing that I can that I've finally been able to recognize. That's my pattern that I feel like I have to move in like as, as a two and help heal, help someone else, because my me expressing my pain has hurt them. So I need to in turn fix their pain, mm. and so then I don't really get the space that I need. So something else she said was sometimes it can be helpful to stay with the anger as an experience in our body, so just track sensations without trying to direct it anywhere. And I've been trying that, and it's been really helpful. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to ignore it, like, I feel angry, I just don't want to, and that's like, right, that's like creating the suffering because I don't want what is happening. Mm -hmm. And then that's like this suffering spiral. So I've been just tracking the pain where I feel it and just like saying thank you to my body for feeling that and letting me know mm-hmm. that something is up. It's like trying to survive. Yeah. Another one is sometimes the anger is a protective part of us that is rising up, but what needs the attention is the hurt part that needs space to grieve. We can try tracking with the sensations of grief or sadness in our body. And then sometimes we just get stuck and need to do EMDR or just help our body uh release it like such a there are other times it just can get the trauma the anger can get stuck in our mm. in our body and yeah. we do different practices to release it so i think that those all were really helpful for me yeah those are great yeah. thank you I do think a lot of this comes down to communication. Most mm. of us are bad at communication. Well, yeah, because well, how do, it's amazing to me that we can communicate about anything. That's what I learned. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to communicate an inner set of body sensations into concepts that are yeah. going to translate, and it's just it, it's a low resolution. Low resolution. We're having fundamentally different experiences yeah we're trying to communicate that with with words and all of these words are loaded with different experiences yeah like how often have we just come to realize the one word we're using we we don't agree on what the yeah me- meaning we had is. A, a fight at christmas time it wasn't us but it was my my some sister-in-law yeah so my sister and uh my family so they had a we don't have to tell the whole story, but it was basically, what was the word? The word was, I was kind of like mischievous. It was. See, and ras- I thought it was ra- kind of like rascal? crotchety. Is it a rascal? No, he's, uh, it was something that they used to call my gra- my great grandfather. 
Henri. 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 And so, so my sister posted a picture of Lucy and said, she's Henri. Or, she, or someone, no, 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 someone else commented and said, oh, she looks Henri like her aunt. And my sister commented back and said, oh, I think she got that from her daddy. And then someone in Michael's family got really upset by it. And they were like, Michael's not Henri at all. I think you are, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so it ended up to where like, they blocked, blocked each other, each other, on, other Facebook. on Facebook. This is like <laughs> Thanksgiving? Was it Thanksgiving or Christmas? Yeah, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And so my sister comes in and tells us this, and we're her and I are laughing. I was like, what? I can't believe that all just happened. And Michael and I are laughing. And and then I finally was like, the funny thing is Michael is Henri. I was kind of like, oh, And then God. he frowned at me, and he was like, that's not nice. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. What do you think this word means? <laughs> And he's like, that means you're like a crotchety, yeah, like grumpy, grumpy person. Mean. And I was like, no, it means you're like mischievous and fun and playful and like. <laughs> and Michael's like, that is not what that means. And we <laughs> and we looked it up, and sure enough, that's not what it means. Like Michael was right. But then, but then I looked up again later. Oh, oh that's right. And in some places in, in some the Midwest, places. they use it in that other in way. the way that I used it growing up. But and it's just an example of like how every word carries Everywhere. connotation yeah. carries history carries how your mom used it like that was, was so funny because her mom was there too and all of them were going yeah it's fine the, two, <laughs> the three siblings and her mom were all like no that's means mischief and i'm like i think you're all wrong <laughs> yeah so that's <laughs> right we were, we were all we were all right depending <laughs> on where you lived we were all right uh but that's communication so yeah and that's not to mention all the poor ways we communicate just because not just because of the nature of language but because of the brokenness and wounds and like passive aggressiveness and not knowing what we want and then not communicating what we want all the ways it's just like it gets real messy and so like how can we communicate in a way i think if we understood each other um i think that personally this is what almost all fighting comes down to is communication because it's like the uh, <laughs> use this as a point, but um, what is that or- Orson Scott Card book? The where he it's like he goes around the character. The, no, oh, that's not it's one of the it's one of the Ender series, but basically the guy goes around and um, speaks for the dead, speaker of the dead. Oh yeah, and like says all the truth about them, and if you like it, you kind of hate it at first because he says all kinds of bad things about them but then the when you get to kind of completely know them you love them because you you see where it's coming from all the all those stuff was coming from mm -hmm. and i think if we actually could see where each other are coming yeah. from fully yeah we would all love each other yeah um, but we miss each other and we don't we misinterpret where they're coming from and what was intended and so some communication strategies there's three that i wanted to talk about that have been helpful and one of them particularly for me is that passive thing so like direct communication and a part of this is because that id thing mm -hmm. my coach i have an executive coach that was bringing me through some of that stuff and she was telling me that her daughter has the same id or similar one to, as me and her friend had an ID that was similar to somebody that I was having some some problems with in my life, like couldn't get on the same page. And there's a story, she's like, her daughter was in the car chewing some gum, had some gum. And the friend goes, oh, what kind of gum is that? And the daughter goes, it's spearmint. She's like, oh, cool. Is it good? Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> She wants the gum. See, and Lisa heard that story, knew that. I would have said, She's telling you want me the some? story. The coach yeah. is telling me. And so the coach looks at her daughter and goes, I wonder if she wants some gum. She goes, Oh, do you want some gum? So I'd love some. Here you go. While yeah. I was hearing that story, it did not occur to me that the other kid wanted the gum. Yeah. I was like, Oh, she's, a, yeah, that's information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that sort of communication. 
for a lot of i mean some people are more dialed in to the subtle passive ways of communicating and it's easier to read between the lines and some of us have no idea what the hell you're talking about mm-hmm. literally like no idea you think that person probably thought that other kid probably thought she actually asked for a piece of gum yeah yeah in her mind that's the kindest way yeah. she knew how like some people they feel like it would be rude to be direct like my family, it was all about passive aggressiveness. Yeah. Like the, we'll be kind of funny and cheeky about it. That like smooth things over. And so if I would do that with you, oh my God, that like yeah. you hated that. And I couldn't understand that for the longest time. You're like, just, I would rather say you it. say it. And even if you want like want to be mean about it. Yeah. But I was like, no, but that's, if I put like a joke in there, that's better. <laughs> And that's like our, how our whole family was. Like, just yeah. be be direct. What? Yeah, direct communication. I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big, big fan of it. Like, And uh, I am I am too now. I think that's, yeah. that's the way to go. It's helped us a lot, yeah. I think, too. I get why you're trying to make each other feel comfortable, but it doesn't work. Like, there's stuff under the surface, and then it's just kind of like, we know we're not talking about the mm-hmm. real thing. Mm-hmm. It just kind of creates this weird dance and mask between each other. So like direct communication, Mm -hmm. finding and avoiding as much passive and passive aggressive communication as possible. It's been extremely beneficial for me. Yeah. So even there was something that was said, like the direct communication, even as simple as like, (laughs) was it last night? You you were like, it was joking. You're like, are you going to want to have sex with me again? And I was like, I would prefer you to say, hey, I'd like to have sex with you rather yeah. than like making it about me, like yeah. something that I'm doing. Just say what you want instead of you're make, trying to make a joke of something you think I want and don't want. Yeah. And just trying to make a joke about it. Like, just no, don't put that on me. Yep. What do you want? Yep. Correct. And I uh, appreciate you bringing that to the. <laughs> Oh, baby, so like what you're talking about is this reminds me of a time when, oh, just last night. Oh, what a coincidence. (laughs) We're not experts, folks. (laughs) But it's fun not being experts because we're like, I say that. It's fun not being experts. but But I feel like we can joke about things like that the, like if we were both therapists, (laughs) <laughs> There's things we couldn't share about. Yeah, our it's lives. true. So that's true. But I also know, you need them all. Also, you need them all, people. I was able to recognize the truth of what you were saying. That I was like, oh, that was passive. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize. I th- I felt like I was being playful and flirty, yeah. but saw that it was being a little passive. Yeah. And so I I actually did appreciate you saying it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's one. One little thumbs up recommendation. Thumbs up recommendation. About communication, direct communication. Active listening. Mm-hmm. It's so easy, especially when you start fighting, to like just get what's on your mind queued up while the other person's talking. Yeah. But to listen and then when it, at some points, it, if, it get, if it gets too heated, we've made like intentional decisions to like slow it down the conversation. Okay. You tell me what you're saying and I'm going to repeat it to you. This is what I hear you saying. And that sometimes just like slowing down the pace of a conversation and making it so that you know what was actually communicated and repeating it back can be a really helpful way of getting back to a similar page where you're not just like totally on opposite pages trying to talk about what you don't know what you're trying to talk about. So active listening, really working on that. And then that nonviolent communication thing that I alluded to earlier, sometimes when it's gotten, if it's if really we're missing each other, we've tried to employ some of these little tricks that we've pulled from other people in books and uh, fighting through the years where it's like, okay, and have a more formal situation like okay so there's a there's a book about 
nonviolent communication, but it's taught as a four-step process usually. So observation, feeling, need, and request. So the observation part of it is basically you, you try to speak as objectively as possible. So rather than saying, when you asked for sex passively, it's like, when I heard you say, mm-hmm. the, you know, speaking of as objectively as possible, so even still putting it on me, like I heard yeah, you, I say, heard you this. say this. Yeah. So observation being like as distanced from the emotion as possible and just owning your own sense of observation. This is what I observed. And then feeling your own feelings about it. So not you made me feel guilty for asking sex or for sex in a passive way, but like I felt sad that you needed to communicate in a way that wasn't direct with me kind of, but focusing more on your own feelings about it rather than what actually happened, what you think they did. You know what it reminds me of? What? Boston legal that, that lawyer that the, or the, no, no, the judge who always like wanted people to say in my perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, why yeah, do I have to keep saying that? Of course it is my that? perspective. Of course it's my perspective. But there's, even even that, like it, a lot of these things, it's like, oh, sometimes it's exhausting and it's funny and it's nice to let a little steam out by like making fun of how we talk. Like this feels like very like, it's, it is so healthy and so careful and very different than like what I grew up with. Um, so sometimes it's just like fun to make fun of it. But yes, it's needed because that really does set a different tone when you say, in yeah. my perspective, rather than, no, this is how it is. Yeah. You go, no, you can't just make a declaration of like how it is for both of us. Yeah. And also focusing on your own feelings. That's not something that the other person can argue. Yeah. Because you're not making any accusations. You're just simply observing and then saying your own feelings about what that observation, what kind of feelings were elicited Mm -hmm. in that observation. And then from there, you can speak to the need, which is like, you know, I need to feel safe to communicate with you in a way that's true for me. And that doesn't feel like I'm hiding or lying Mm. and communicating that need, my need. And then any requests from there. And a lot of times that can be requests for communication. I would request that you tell me more, you know, directly when you're feeling like that so that I can hear you, you know. Um, and when you go about it like that, it's it's so much harder to get into the really bad cycles Yeah, <laughs> where you're totally on different pages. Yeah, and you're you're just emoting at each other. Where you're actually, let's get down to what's actually happening here, in me, and then I can communicate that from where I'm coming from, and you can communicate that where you're coming from. We can find a way to get yeah. back on, a yeah, same plane. Yeah, a th- and a thing that like really trips us up is, or has been tripping us up. I feel like we've already gotten better at it. Is when we say, "I hear you saying this," and you're like, "That's not what I said." Mm-hmm. And I'll go, but you just said, and you're like, no, that's not what I said. What I said was blah, blah, blah. Okay, this. And, and so we get in this loop of like, what's the exact words that you said? And <laughs> yeah. we just like start picking apart. No, you said, we've recorded our conversation several times. Cause like, I know, I know a lot of you out there have felt this way. Like you start to feel crazy. You start to feel crazy. And then yeah. the ego or whatever it is, is trying to like, you feel unsafe again and you feel like, what is this? You want to protect yourself and try to make someone else the enemy because you start to feel crazy and you don't want to be the crazy person. So they must be crazy. (laughs) 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 Although I have had times I'm like, no, I, I must, I must be crazy because I, I thought I just heard this and they're saying they didn't say this, but what's been helpful for us that we've, that we've, uh, our wonderful therapist has brought to light as well. So a lot of times it's, it's even like the spirit of what we're trying to say. She's like, I see you guys getting caught up. Like, yeah, words are important, but you're really getting hung up on the exact words. <laughs> I think I was like, oh yeah, we are. Yeah, I see that now. <laughs> and then, like, 
we don't need to get into those muddy waters. Like we can believe, or another good tool is like believing the other person is for you. Because in a fight, you can really start believing they're not for you. So like that pause that you talked about, you can pause, center yourself, and just remember, we're for each other. This person's for me. They're not against me. Mm. And how can I even be for them? Mm. Yeah, that's good. And there's also purposeful positivity that can give some buffer for some of that <laughs> that stuff sometimes like sometimes the conversation I've noticed if we haven't had enough positive interactions um, where we feel like you know if we've just, just been in a zone where we're getting stuff done and we're kind of like in co-parent co-worker mm. co-everything zone but not we haven't had much time for you and me it's much easier for little things to turn into bigger things than they need mm -hmm. to be. So like sometimes really focusing on having positive interactions, positive saying positive things to each other. Earlier in our marriage, we did, used to do this thing every night where we would think of something that we loved about each other before we go to bed or like a couple things and say the, and just say them. I love this about you. And I love what the, what you did today. This I love. Thank you for doing that thing today. So like expressing gratitude, expressing love, expressing compliments, things that are just like putting gas in the tank. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, when you know there's going to be some cost, you're, you're, there's some high mileage driving mm -hmm. right now, everybody being cooped up. And so as much as you can put reserves emotionally into each other and some positivity, some compliments, expressions of gratitude, that might soften the times when you really need to mm -hmm. put the pedal to the metal. <laughs> oh my gosh. The pedal to the metal. Is that like a 80s or 90s phrase? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that one in a very long time. Yep. It's hard work. Relationships are hard work. And it's also really fun and wonderful. And um, But you're with any one person for long enough, you're gonna run into some ego wounds <laughs> somewhere along the way. And what I'm trying to practice is, even in fights is, I, I used to think that there would be a time where I just was like zenned out and wouldn't have the emotions and like that was the, that was, that was the place to like get to, I'd just be cool with whatever like letting the emotions come, you're gonna feel sadness, you're gonna feel anger, you're gonna keep feeling all the emotions, probably even more. If the more like conscious and aware you are, you're more aware of every emotion, mm -hmm. but becoming the witness of the emotions instead of the reactor mm -hmm. to it. I, I like the uh, imagery of like, you can feel the wave, but are you going to go under the wave and feel like the depth of it? Or are you going to like sit on top of the wave and just be like crushed by it and swirl around and around and around and around? Uh, but it is, it is a practice to be the witness. And not, not that there's like a place, a thing to attain, but like what I would, what I would like in my arguments with anyone is the ability, like the Jedi power, <laughs> to not just react to their anger, like just see it as the story happening and let them just, even if someone's just like unleashing their anger on me, I can just witness it and experience it and not fight back with the same mm -hmm. weapon that they're using. You know, yeah, to be a space in which all emotions are welcome mm -hmm. to to be in, yeah, yeah, I always do that with you every time, every time uh, I'm just the witness, uh <laughs> you're the only one who gets mad in our fights. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Good one, babe. Thanks, babe. We've had, yeah. And if anything, yeah, just we're here for you all. We've had some doozy fights. I don't know if that makes anyone feel better. Feel good. We've had some fights. Yeah, we've had some good we're ones. We're together. We're here. Got some good ones. All right. Well. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that would be encouraging. It might be. <laughs> hey, you guys know what? We fight. I think that it might be. be. A lot of people like, I don't know. I guess it's always, I love, I love hearing about my friends' fights. Yeah. I think it's really funny to hear like their reactions. Yeah. When you hear about your friends' fights, there's the comedic relief. You're all like, "Oh, okay, we're all doing this thing." Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm not. I'm not the only one. Uh, so yeah. Well, thank you for being on the program. My partner, which wife? Partner, which wife? You're very welcome. My alien Vishnu Das partner. Alien Vishnu Das partner, that doesn't roll, roll off the tongue very well. Mm-hmm. Good enough. Okay. Okay, everybody, love you. Fight, fight fair. Be nice, like me, the nice guy. 